Blog Talk Radio. I'm gonna win. You gon' win. Everybody around me win it. Yeah. Everything around me win it. Yeah. I'm gonna win. You gon' win. Everybody around me win. Yeah. Everything around me win. Looking like I'm going to lose. Working real hard and I'm trying to win. I've got to break the cycle. And I'm going to do it now. Normally I wouldn't let this break me. So I decided today. Woke up this morning, I'm blessed. Food on my table, I'm blessed. Clothes on my bed, yeah, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Devil already know I'm winning. Devil already know I'm winning. Devil already know I'm winning.
something about the snow, he instantly began to remind me of his word. And I just want to read this scripture real quick. It is Isaiah 55, 10, and 11. And it says in the Amplified Version, For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth, making it bare and sprout, and providing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void, useless, without result, my God, without accomplishing what I desire. He said what I desire, not what we desire, but what he desires. And he says, and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. So whatever God has spoken, he's saying, just like when the snow comes down and I'm surrounded literally by snow and beautiful mountains and gondolas, but this snow that came down today, it cannot go back up. So anything that God has spoken over your life, it is going to accomplish what he wills to happen in your life. Amen. I just wanted to share that with someone on tonight. Tonight we have a great, great broadcast. We're going to start actually with a headliner. Usually you put people like this person at the end, but we're, we decided to do something special and bring her in the beginning. And so we're going to be speaking to her in a few minutes, and that is none other than Miss Comedian Nanette Lee. We also have tonight with us a dear friend of mine who I've been knowing for over 20 years. Um, he's an amazing, amazing person. His name is Nathaniel Blake Johnson. We also have again with us tonight actress and elder Ann Taplin. We're going to go a little bit more deeper about the Blind Confessions movie, and we're also going to talk about Prevail. We also have tonight someone who I recently got a chance to meet, and she is just a brilliant woman. If you got a chance to listen to the interviews that we did a couple of weeks ago with President Grail, we mentioned her, and her name is Ms. Kelsell Thompson with Paul Quinn College. And so we have a great broadcast, but last but certainly, certainly not least, my mentor is on with us tonight. This is just absolutely amazing to have her. Her name is author Joyce Ann Robinson, and we're going to be speaking to her tonight about a topic that while she was just ministering to me, mentoring me the other day, it just came out of her mouth, and that topic is new level, new devil. And when she spoke it, she continued to talk, and I just began to write because I knew this was going to be our theme for tonight. And so she's going to be on with us a little bit later in the show. But as we get ready uh, to begin to interview Nanette in a few minutes, I want to let you all know that we have a show coming up called Alpha and Omega Comedy Show. And this is why we wanted her to come on tonight, because she is hosting this show for us. Um, this particular show is giving back to HBCU schools, and we're kicking this tour off March the 4th in Dallas, Texas. Initially, it was just going to be one show, but process, God begins to let me know. It says HBCUs with an S and that we are literally going to do what it says. 
And I know that seems impossible for some people, but when I tell you God is literally giving me a layout, he's living, literally giving me a plan. And so if you are a comedian, if you're a host, if you are a vendor, if you are a creative thinker, please give me a call at 1-800-320-5504. We would absolutely love to work with you. If, you're a, uh, if you would like to partner with us, if you're an investor, we would love to work with you because we are planning on really being a blessing to a lot of schools. If any school that wants to participate, if you went to a HBCU, if you're an alumni, get in touch with us. Again, my number is one 800 320 5504, um, or you can email me at C Victoria. It's Victory with an A Productions at gmail.com. C Victoria Productions at gmail.com. And guess what? It is time for our first guest. Miss, are you there? Miss Minette, are you there? Okay, she may need another minute or so. Um, Montel, can you go to the song called The Windows by Pastor Mike Jr.? And we'll be right back with Miss Minette.
Welcome back to Piercing the Heavens with Lady Carmen. We are so glad to have you all tonight. That was Windows by Pastor Mike Jr. And Miss Nanette, are you there? Yes, I am here. How are you guys doing? We are doing just fine. Thank you so much for coming on. I know you're a very, very, very busy woman. <laughs> what do you have yeah, you going got on tonight? I'm sorry? What do you have going on tonight, Miss Ma'am? I'm on my way to uh, dinner. I got dinner reservations around 830 or so. Wow. I wish we could come. I'm just, I'm just taking some time out. <laughs> and we really do appreciate that. We have a show that is coming up called the Alpha and Omega Comedy Show, and we ask you to host the show for us because you are simply one of the best. And I remember growing up listening to you on the radio, and we told, we got a chance to tell you this before, that you were the reason why, you were like one of the main reasons why we was even listening to the station because you were just super hilarious. <laughs> and I know you probably get that yeah. all the time. Well, I know you, you probably know, get that all the time. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get enough compliments. So, yeah, I do get that all the time, but it's all good. Yes, ma'am. Well, we're really excited to have you join us. We know you did a show for us last year uh, for Mother's Day down in Houston at Rockefeller's with the city band, and we appreciated you for that. And we just wanted to have you back again. And this show has been a little long time coming. I had my mom and dad pass, and so we kind of shut everything down. It was a big struggle. But even when we got ready to redo it, we still wanted to get you. And we are so, so excited to have you. You're such, we call you our queen of comedy. That's what we call you. And so we're well, just we so like excited that. to I'm have cool. you. Thank you so much. Yes, Thank ma'am. You. I'm, I'm so happy to be able to do it. Yes, ma'am. What, I want to ask you, you a question. Little, you got a little bit of a delay. Hey, you got a little bit of delay on your line. So when you oh, ask me something, just give me a second. Give me a second to I answer, will. otherwise we're talking over each other. Oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, I'm in another time zone, so I'm not sure if that's yeah, why. That's all good. So, you know, you're about 30 seconds or two, three seconds behind, but it's all good. That's why I'm kind of not answering you because I don't want to step on you. Thank you so much for letting me know that I will keep that in mind from now on. I did not know that. Yes, ma'am. That's I why I'm the queen of radio. Yes. Now, see, look, can we say that, too? Can we say that, too, the queen of radio? <laughs> no, you didn't. Give, give me all of my props. Yes. The queen of radio, the queen of radio, the queen of comedy. And, hey, you might as well go and step in and be the queen of being a celebrity chef, too. Yeah, that's true. I love doing that, and I cook for a lot of celebrities and uh, go to their house, and they fly me in. I've, I've cooked for my best friend's. George Wallace and Wanda Sykes has come to my house for dinner as well. So, yeah, I have a lot of celebrity friends that come over and eat a little bit with me. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoy doing that. That's, that's one of the, my, my passions as well. Wow. I want to ask you, who is funny to you? Like, if you were getting ready to go to a show, which person would you go see? Like, who is funny to Nanette? Who makes you laugh? Oh, that's such a good question because I, I do like Wanda Sykes. I like I laugh at her. I like I like 
I like my friend George Wallace. I I I mean I like uh uh some of Chris Rock stuff. I, I it, it's really hard to make me laugh. Now if you make me laugh, you're <laughs> really doing good. And I'm not being judgmental. I just like a good old good laugh. Wow. What is the fa- the best show that you ever went to? As far as a comedy show? <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, I'll be quite honest with you. I'm not a really a big, this is going to be so crazy. I'm not a big fan of just going to comedy shows. But, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I've done, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's kind of hard for me to say because I go to comedy mm-hmm. shows to see other comics for different reasons. You know, they could be my favorite friends or, you know, stuff like that. So I go for different reasons. Wow. What is your favorite comedy movie? I'm not, I'm, again, I'm not real hyped on comedy movies <clears throat> because I figured out the plot and they all just become the same old plot. <laughs> I do like a good old, I, I, I like a good old comedy, a, a good white comedy movie because they really are ignorant. Ain't nothing like a good white okay. comedy movie. <laughs> You're actually, you know, you know what, they, oh my gosh. Go all the, way, <laughs> the, the, the white ones go all the way for a laugh. They go all the way in for a good laugh. Give me two. Give me the top two. Oh, you know, I'm going I'm to I'm tell you the truth. You're making me think too hard. I already had two glasses of wine, but that's church wine. Church wine. It's not just regular wine. It's church wine. <laughs> you know, I tell the people at church, y'all can drink this at church. Now, I wouldn't say take communion with it because it might get a little deep for you, but it's just good church wine. So. <laughs> but, oh, my God. Yeah, I don't... I, I, you know, I, I, like a, I, I like a lot of goofy movies like American Pie and and stupid stuff like that. Okay. That made me laugh like The Jerk, the movie The Jerk with Steve oh, Martin in it. So, yeah. you know, I'm dating myself. But but I like stupid movies. Yeah. So you got to go. Oh you got to go all out to make me laugh. You know what? I want to see you in a movie, Nanette. I want to see you Well, I got a movie coming a movie. out. Do you really? Well, I have a movie coming out. Yeah. In fact, I'm in it. It was, uh, this is part two. It's called Be It For Love. And it's on um, HB, I mean, a BET Plus. So if you go oh and tune God. in to that, you're still on a cameo. But we're going to start filming um, in April for part two, which I will probably, they'll let me write and be more creative on and, and oh my, my own gosh. role so I get to write my own character in. Oh, my gosh. Now, I and know so, this guy because, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> and this character, this character uh, that I'm playing actually owns a restaurant. So I'm going to be the restaurant owner, wow. and I get to write, you know, the parts that I that I want to write in there and all that kind of stuff. So it'll oh be a God. little bit more reflection of myself rather than just strangers writing for me who don't know me. Exactly. And you'll get the royalties, too. So that's favor. I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, if they, no, let, me, you, you if they will. let me go down as a writer. Well, I pray that they do, because if you're writing that part of that script, you should get the royalties. <laughs> yeah, because it will be ignorant. Just believe that. <laughs> well, I'm so happy for you, and I'm excited for you. I had no idea, but I was like, you know, I had this little prophetic gift. I'm like, she's going to be in a movie. I didn't know you were filming, but I'm excited. So when does it come out? Yeah. I know you – is it out now, well, part one? <laughs> is part one out now? Oh, yeah, part one been out for over a year. So you can go oh, on DC+. 
and put in Be yeah. for Love, and you'll see me. My character is Bobby, and I and I play a, a restaurant owner. And it's just a very small oh. role, but it had Tammy, uh, what's Tammy Rowland from uh, Basketball Wise, and uh, it had some oh, okay. couple big names in there. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was it was it was it was my first role like in a in a real movie, but I've I've done some little cameo appearances. Oh my gosh! Well, there is someone special on the other line, Miss Lynette, who is a fan of yours as well. Uh, Nathaniel, are you on? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> well, Miss Nanette is on Nathaniel? the phone. You can go. Nathaniel Blake Who's Johnson. Nathaniel? Is... Tell her who you are, Nathaniel. <laughs> well, uh, with me, I'm, I'm a bit, first off, I'm a big fan of yours. I remember watching you on BT Comic View uh, growing up back in the day. You had me cracking up. And I was actually a writer. I'm the writer from the first that we actually were supposed to do but on um, the first show, but unfortunately we weren't able to do it. Which show was that? Oh, the show, the first show that we, yeah, exactly, okay. Uh huh. So I was I was the writer of Quarters Half in the Hole. Oh, super! Very nice. So are you gonna are you yeah. gonna have anything to do with this show? No, this one unfortunately I wasn't able to actually uh, get it done. So it's just going to be just a com- just the comedy side all alone for this show on the fifth. Oh, on the okay, fourth. okay, but. But at some of the other locations, he will be a part of those. But I just wanted to give him that chance to say hi to you because he's a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I remember Max, uh, Max Daniel. We were uh, we were in jail together. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I, I god! I never forget that boy. This joke is not Christian people be believing everything. Lord, he was oh in jail. Gosh. I knew it was something about that <laughs> Well, Miss Nanette, you know, I know you have. You know, everything. Oh, my gosh. Do we really, Nanette? <laughs> oh, my God. Y'all are so gullible. Y'all believe everything. <laughs> no, we don't. We do not. I'm not going to say y'all because I'm a good Christian woman as well. Yes, ma'am. Yes, but, ma'am. But it's the, it's the church people. I, they kicked me out of church because I kept on stealing that communion money. Oh, my gosh. In the communion, not the communion juice, but the communion money, right? Yeah, I kept getting that. Every time they passed the money around, I kept stealing it. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, well, I'm, looking think- forward, I'm looking forward to the show. And, again, the show is uh, April 4th? I wish it oh, was. Okay. It's March the 4th. It's next week. March the 4th. You, look, March the 4th. I, I think I see your the shooting days for the show that the movie that you're doing because <laughs> I know that's going to oh, be yeah, in April. Yeah, but thank you is. so much. I know you have dinner reservations, and I do not want to keep you from your guests. But please eat enough for us. I know it's going to be delicious. Yeah, take yeah. pictures. I know you're going to take some good pictures, and then just show well, us the delicious depends. food you're eating tonight. It, 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 it depends on that, how that church wine works for me. <laughs> ah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, right, thank you for coming on tonight. 
You have a blessed yeah. night, and you enjoy your weekend as well. No more juice for you. No more communion juice for you, Nene. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Okay. All righty, guys. Okay. Congratulations Bye-bye. on all the success. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, Miss Montel, we are going to go to Never Too Cool by Josh Lay and Jason Nelson, and we'll be right back with a Morehouse alum, Mr. Nathaniel Blake Johnson. We'll be right back. Better day if it was my way. Lost is a close friend, but it's still alright. Yeah. I'm just working on me, building my self esteem. Got insecurities, but it's still alright. Yeah. Is it still cool to say that I need you, Lord? I need you, Lord. Did you think I wouldn't say that I need you, Lord? Jason, what do I do? And I got rid of the pride, I just had to let it go I swear that some of these dudes, they just need to let it go Put your hands in the air, tell them to surrender And fucking all blue, this is your redeemer Baby, you're gonna know it's on, tell yourself they don't know But you do whatever you gotta do to get some more Sometimes it just feels like you can't get your head above I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. 
Welcome back to Piercing the Heavens with Lady Carmen. That was Mr. Josh Lay and Jason Nelson. I love Jason Nelson. That is one of my favorite gospel artists, and that was never too cool. Um, We now have with us a dear friend of mine who I've been knowing over 20 years, and I'm going to give him a proper introduction. He is a screenwriter. He's a playwright. He's a co-writer for a... What do I want to call it? He's it's won several film festivals and it's called the B Sides and we're gonna ask him about that tonight. Please welcome to Piercing the Heavens with Lady Carmen, Nathaniel Black Johnson. I'm just playing Nathaniel Black Johnson. Nathan, are you there? <laughs> I am, sis. How are you doing? I am doing just fine. I have put black in there just one good time. <laughs> I'm so glad you took time out of your busy New York, Brooklyn, and Manhattan or whatever, all over the place where you are scheduled to be on with the sis tonight. So how is how are things up in New York? Things are wonderful. I have no complaints. It's actually a slow process getting getting back to where we were pre pandemic, but it's coming along wonderfully. Wow, I'm so glad to hear that. I wanted you to come on tonight because we are giving back to HBCUs, and you graduated from one of the most iconic schools, which is Morehouse College. Can first of all, what made you want to go to Morehouse? Um, now I know why, well, I but the listeners don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure, I guess we have talked about. It. I'm sure we have talked about it all this time. Yeah. Uh, it was in 1995, and I actually was living in Arizona for a while with a family, and we actually were watching a PBS one night, and there was a PBS special that came on called The Morehouse Men, and it just dealt with Morehouse College, the lives of several students, and the overall thing that is known as the Morehouse Mystique. And so from that documentary, I was actually sold, and I just strove to get there no matter what. Wow. I had the pleasure of being at your graduation, and I also had the pleasure of going into the Morehouse dorm room. I know that sounds freaky, but it wasn't freaky. (laughs) It was just because your room was in there, and you was leaving campus, and so I got to go up in there. And I was like, yeah, I get to go in here. So it was really cool going up in there. <laughs> it was really cool. But it was just so – I was just so proud of you, and I wanted to make sure that I did not miss your graduation by any means necessary. Oh. So from your graduation, let me ask you this. Let me backtrack. What impact has going to an HBCU had on your life? Uh, before I get into that, I just want to also thank you because you remember that was a struggle for you to get up there that day. It, it, really, <laughs> it, was, it really was. You were, I, going, I was 12 plus you were going all out. <laughs> yes. I mean, you, I, I felt so bad. I was all like, oh, my goodness. But I, you went through a lot, and I appreciate you so much. But that just goes to show what a true friend you've been to me then okay. and throughout all these years. Exactly. Exactly. And 
as far as my house, um, I guess one of the besides graduation, one of the best things or one of the one of the events many HBCUs are known for is homecoming, and that basically just entails what an HBCU life is to many of its students. It's just home. So many of us, when we actually graduate from it and go on to live our separate lives, uh, we do, we go through life and it just knocks you down, picks you up, drags you back down, picks you up and lifts you up again. But whenever we actually get to that space or get around those friends and connections that we've made at the HBCU level, somehow we seem to go back to that peace of mind that we had in college life. And that's what I feel every time I actually think about Morehouse, I actually see see alums. The funny part, uh, I went to a friend of mine uh, who's a trumpeter and a writer, he actually had a play that went up at Lincoln Center. And so um, Mother Kofi, shout out to Alfonso Horn. I'm not sure if he's listening or not, but um, he had a play that he's been working on for years. And the ironic part is one of the people or the cast that he continually works with is a guy I sang with in Glee Club with. And so he was there, and we got to say hello and just just to say I love you, proud of you, continue on, strive on, and then just move on. But there was that piece that to the years when I was in school with him and just the experiences that we share. So it's always a bit of sense of home that comes whenever I think about uh, Morehouse, Spellman, and the entire AUC Center, Clark Atlanta University, Morris Brown, and so on. Wow, it it really is so rich, and I I wanted to ask you that question because I think it's very important that people know that it does have an impact on your life. It does leave an imprint on your life, and since you have left Morehouse, and of course Morehouse is still a part of your life, but what are some of the things that you have marked upon? As far as what? So now you're a writer, you're a playwright. Oh, okay. You're a writer. Yes, always actually loved plays from an early age, and so that has actually been the continual thing for me as far as just continuing reading, continuing to write, working on my craft. Uh, even pursuing that in uh, my master's degree as well. So love the play life. And you do have a play that you gave me just a little bit of information about it. And when you began to talk about it, I was just blown away. And what is the name of that play? Uh, if it's the one that we were uh, supposed to be doing for this production, mm-hmm. it is the entitled Quarter uh, Halves and the Whole. Uh, is actually about four college students entering at HBCU, and it deals with the trials and tribulations that they experience out of that first year in college. Yes, and it it just blew me away when you began to tell me, you told me a little bit more about it, but 
it just, I was like, no one is doing anything like that. And I almost kind of felt like maybe you shouldn't talk about it, sis, but we do want you to talk about it because this production <laughs> is going to go forth. It is going to go forth. It is going to be absolutely powerful. It, I believe that, you know, right now there are some schools that are getting a little more shine than others, you know, depending on who's there or who went there. But we want all of them to get a little shine because they all deserve it, right? And so I just want to have you come on because I'm so proud of you. But there is a project that you did called the B-Sides. Can you tell us about um, how that got started? I know you were a co-writer, but how did that get started? Well, that got started um, really out of – it was sort of a sense of desperation as well as just a need to create our own stories. Uh, that project was actually started by myself and five, and four other graduates from my graduate school, the, the drama actor studio drama school at Pace University. And so uh, the five of us just got together because we all worked at the same, at the time we all worked at the same job and we were doing our work life and we were doing the artist life and then just going to here and there, different jobs, moving around. But we we became dissatisfied as, as far as opportunities that were actually out there for us as artists, specifically black artists, and the type of roles that we actually were able to read and audition for. And so with that, we just said, well, let's just do it on our own since we're not going to be, since we're not that we need, let's actually just sit down, let's come up with a story, and then let's build on that story. And so that's how besides uh, the web series actually got started. First of all, kudos to you because that's the way I am. You were able to get people to actually sit down with you. When I say stuff, it's like, (laughs) y'all, come on. You know, (laughs) I'm like, we're the creative thinkers, you know. And so, but I'm, I'm in, you know, you, you sat down, you collaborated. And how many film festivals invited you? Um, I, I really lost count. There was there was actually one particular <laughs> two people that are able that that know that specific number, but I do believe it was between like uh, twelve to fifteen festivals that we were we were wonderfully graciously appreciative. Can you say of. that one time? It was how many festivals? Twelve uh, to how many? 12, 12, 12 to fifteen that were actually and that was your and that was your first project, correct? Where uh huh, where we actually submitted it and ventured out. That is, that's just. I wish we had like a little hand clap thing. <laughs> <laughs> because when I tell you, I was like, and y'all were just acting so nonchalant while y'all were at one of the film festivals. I was like, y'all are not even. Y'all acting like y'all are not even there. Y'all acting like y'all were mostly chilling at the Airbnb. <laughs> I was like, y'all are like skipping it, you know. But I was just so proud of you. I was like, don't you leave me the next time. I want to be there the next time y'all go. <laughs> I'm like, if y'all ever go to Paris, you better not leave me. I'm, I'm getting, I'm piggybacking to Paris, right? 
But I just wanted well, to exactly. come on. I'm so proud of you. And we're going to get this production for quarter tabs and a hold up. And I know some of y'all may listen to the replay, but I do know y'all will listen, right? Because you you love the guests that we have on here. And I'm just going to put it out there. If you want to help out with this production, give us a call at 1-800-320-5504 because this production is going to, it's going to be phenomenal. And Nathan, it has been a pleasure having you on tonight. I was like, you know, when I first met you, we was back at Nene Marcus. You know I had to throw that in there, right? <laughs> <laughs> we was at Nene Marcus in Las Colinas in the what customer relations department, <laughs> resolving fires. And when I tell you, oh no, it was just nobody. It was nobody but Jesus. It was nobody but God that made me oh. go over there because I was like, he's always reading a book. I was like, I'm just going to go and say something to him because I don't know. I just felt like messing with you that day. I was like, no, he's going to talk today. <laughs> and little did we know we were going to become like family. I mean, even your mom, shout out to Miss Paulette Johnson. She is really like my mom. She calls me her adopted daughter. And your brother, <laughs> uh, Roberto Clemente, you know, that's a little nickname. But it's it's just been an honor. It's I hope you realize how really, really humble I am to have you on. Um, you you are somebody when I tell you you are gonna be amongst the stars and I prophesied that to you many times. God's hand is on your life and I loved every time that we've gotten together and you would begin to pray and I would pray, it's like the prophetic just breaks out and you know I had to go here tonight. But you know what? I'm just going to ask you to do something before we go into commercial. We do have Ms. Mm-hmm. Kelsell for Paul Quinn that's holding. But can you close us out in prayer? Can you say a prayer that is on your heart real quick before we let you go, Nathan? Mm-hmm. Lord, thank you for everything that you have done. You are truly a way maker out of none. You bring us from the humble beginnings to the places of prominence, and we know it's only through your will. Lord, we thank you for Lady Carmen right now, who you've placed so much into. There's purpose, there's will, there is promise. And so we thank you for everything that you have done. We know what we know not what the future is, but we know whose hands we are holding, whose hands are holding us. And so we thank you in everything, in everything that we gain, in everything we touch, in every way that we move. We know that it's you behind us. We know that you are the source and the strength of it. And so we say thank you. We humbly say thank you, Lord, because we know without you, none of this is even possible. None of it we couldn't even dream of if it hadn't been you putting it into our hearts, putting it into our minds, putting it into our souls. We know that you birthed it into us, and so every step that we take, every move that we make, we give you and you alone all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor for it. In Jesus' name, in the Son's name, we say amen. Amen. Wow. And I want you guys to know this man is spirit-filled. He is spirit-filled. My God, I'm so, so very proud of you, Nathan. We've definitely got to get you back on again for another show at another time. Hopefully it'll be when 
another show has been completed. Another play has been written, right? So, so but I love you right. so much, my brother. I love you so much, my brother. You have a blessed night. I love night. you, Carmen. I am so proud right. of you. Continue to be continuing your greatness. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Nene. Love you. Love you. <laughs> Love Bye-bye. you too, bro. Bye. We're going to go to, um, actually, you know what, Miss Kelsell, are you on with us? Yes, ma'am, I am. Miss Kelsell, please forgive me for not giving you a proper introduction, but everybody, please welcome to Tears in the Heavens with Lady Carmen, Miss Kelsell Thompson. This is a mighty, mighty, mighty woman. Um, did you need us to go to a quick break real quick, Kelsey, or are you ready? I'm ready if you are. I'm ready. <laughs> you know, I wanted, to have, I wanted to have you on, and first, just so the listeners will know, what exactly do you do at Paul Quinn? Well, my current role at Paul Quinn is really about, it's called external affairs. It's really about community engagement. And also work with our students who and plan on working in corporate work program internships, which that ties directly back to the Colony Show. But in particular, it really is about, as I call myself, an evangelist for Paul Quinn. I try my best to go around the community wherever I am and spread the good news of the opportunities available for partners, for students, for parents, and the community at Paul Quinn College. Wow. What exactly inspired you to want to specifically work for HBCU school? Well, I can't tell you that I originally ever thought I was for an HBCU. I went to PWIs. I worked at PWIs. And, in fact, I tell people all the time, God sent me to Paul Quinn. My prior position I was in where I was a dean of student life for 15 years, I did not know I was preparing the fall plan, but I was. And so many of the things I've had to do to help us transform and be a part of this uh, transformative story of the small HBCU that's 150 years old, almost 151 now, has happened because so many of the lessons I learned in my prior role is what I needed to do here at Paul Quinn. So I tell people all the time, God sent me here. I, my, my former supervisor vetted the job for me. When I came and spent a whole day, when it was really only a four-hour interview time, and then when it, you know how you say, they offer you the job and say, when can you start? And I say, it's a month. And they look at you like, what? And I said, there are things <laughs> at my prior institution that I created and know how to do and I need to make sure my succession plan is right because I can't yeah. leave them because they're still family. And so yeah. I was, President Terrell said, okay. And there we are. And my friends packed my house. One of my other friends drove the truck. Wow. <laughs> so when I say, <laughs> and then the students met me on campus and unloaded my vehicle. So if I tell you God sent me, you know when everything goes smoothly, Everything that ought to be a roadblock isn't. That's only God. Mm-hmm. Wow. What he does. And said, this is where you need to plant yourself for now. And it's now been 13 years. Wow. 
13 years, and when you mentioned the corporate work program, can you tell me some of the things that, excuse me, that went behind the scenes as far as the actual location where the students come to get the the apparel and everything? So uh, there is a what we call a close package. So early on in Dr. Sherrill's uh, presidency, he determined that one of the things our students needed was to become more corporate ready, more business casual. So he instituted a business casual dress code early on, about 2008-ish, nine. And with that, our students are Pell eligible students overall. They don't have money for those kinds of business casual clothes. So he started asking his law firm friends and others, his fraternity brothers and others, uh, friends of the college and other folks did, to donate gently used clothing to provide for the clothes closet. And so our students can access those items for free, and they keep them. They're not on loan. They actually keep them. So we always need replenishment and all of those things. And then several years ago, the now president of CEO of Lowe's, but um, he was the CEO at J.C. Finney's. J.C. Finney's partnered and committed to transform our clothes closet into a general clothes closet for students every day. And then what we're focused on for the comedy show is the corporate work program clothes closet, where we have business and business professional wear from ties to shoes to suits to uh, purchase to necklaces, all of those things for our students who have to go into these environments. So they don't have to worry about how they're going to be dressed. We're going to provide them as much as possible, which is why the fundraising is so important. You know, when you, when you share the information about the corporate work program, it is just so phenomenal. And the public really, especially in Dallas, they need to know um, the resources that are available to students at Paul Quinn. Well, the biggest resource, obviously, is the students' desire to do the work and be committed to it. Being a Quinnite, I tell people all the time, everybody can't be one because it requires more of you. We expect you not to be selfish. We expect you to put the we over the me. But the transaction is (laughs) we want to provide you with these amazing opportunities where you get a chance to intern at places like Chase, NCT Data, Encore, Law Firm, the Zoo, doctor's offices and clinics. There are all these things at, at ISD and a variety of all kinds of opportunities that fit some of your career, but mostly about getting you trained so that when it's time for you to go out into the world, you have a competitive advantage. Because as people of color in particular, because we're almost 20, 22, 23% Latino and Latinx kids, along with being African-American students. And as such, the underserved, under-resourced, we're trying to give them that leg up that support so that they can make sure and move up. Because you know how you see the box where there's the kids on the little box and they talk about yeah. equity, equality? And we're trying to move the box up higher so our students are on the same level. And that's through the work program. Wow. I want to, um, first of all, let me just say this. Shout out to President Michael Sorrell. <laughs> yeah. 
amazing vision because that is a phenomenal vision um, that started out as his dissipation. Who would have thought? Well, actually, he would he knew what he wanted it to be, but I'm sure some other people probably didn't know that. But I just think it's just absolutely phenomenal. So shout out to you, President Sorrell. <laughs> And so I'm going to ask you something. It's a little, it's off the subject, but kind of is it off the subject before we talk about the show. One day I was having a conversation with you, and you began to talk about what is on your heart concerning wealth and wealth being obtained um, by women. Tell me a little bit about that whole concept and that vision that you have concerning wealth. Well, well the, my vision, and really, it kind of germinates. Paul Point itself is we're trying to eradicate poverty by providing students with access to opportunities, the education, and the opportunities to access where wealth is developed, and the training and the knowledge about that. But if it's particularly focused on women, I think it's imperative that we are in those spaces, that we're getting trained, we're developing each other, we're supporting each other not, as one would say, crabs in a barrel, because what is for you is only for you anyway. So you don't need to worry about what's happening over here. But if we all reach in and help each other, we will all elevate far higher than any one of us could do by ourselves. Because when you're in a group of women, dynamic, charged up, God-fearing and and faith-driven and purpose-driven life, that is nothing but an opportunity for all kinds of good things to happen. So I believe it's imperative that women are in a situation where they can take care of themselves. That does not mean they don't need a partner. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is you need to be equipped to be on this journey of financial security because for many times we live longer than our spouses and our children need to have access. And the other thing is it just provides a level of peace you don't have to worry about paying your electric bill. You don't have to worry about food insecurity. And you can choose where you want to live, not be compelled to live only certain places because you're in limited options. What it does is empower women. And it's not about the money. It's about what it allows you to do. It allows you to serve others. It allows you to help bring others along and be a transformational uh, individual. So that's why it's so important to me that as women that we take ownership, and as our female students, pouring into them that this is so much larger than your situation, that you are a critical part of the larger picture, and we need your full commitment to it, because it's going to transform the world. I believe women, you know, are key to transforming the world anyway. So that's kind of my vision and my, uh, my hopes for us as women working together. Well, this is why I wanted you on because I was just so blessed by so many of the things that, you know, God used you to speak. And I was like, you know what, we have definitely got to talk again um, because we have a women's expo that we're going to be doing in Houston um, in October, and I really would love for you to be a part of that. We'll talk about that a little later. But for right now, I just want to say this part that, you know, the Alpha and Omega comedy show – supporting HBCUs has selected Paul Quinn to be the first school that we donate to from our show. 
and it it's going to go directly to the corporate work program. And so we are so, so excited um, to be able to be a part of this, and we're glad that you guys are on board. Um, just share anything else that may be on your heart before I let you go, because I know you have a full schedule. <laughs> No problem. But I really want to say it's really thank you for your commitment to doing what God has called you to do. So you didn't include Paul Clint because there are definitely other options. And we just appreciate you putting it on your heart, God putting your heart, that Paul Quinn, the, the local HBCU in Dallas, is a benefactor, that our students are a direct benefactor. It's not just going to some building or something else, but some student is going to be impacted very positively by what happens from and the proceeds from the show. And it's a direct, they're going to wear it. <laughs> it's not, it's not anything other than, you know, that might be some new shoes. Um, we've got some very long-legged uh, volleyball and basketball players, women and men, yeah. that, you know, mm-hmm. buying them clothes is a little more challenging. So it's really, I just really want to say thank you to you, thank you to the audience. And particularly thank you to all the comedians, Nanette, me, and others who have chosen to give up their time and their talent to support Falkland College. And we just truly, truly feel nothing but blessed to be uh, included. And thank you again. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Chelsea. I know you're at a function right now. I want you to enjoy the rest of your night. Have a blessed weekend. And we are going to see and talk to you very soon. Wonderful. Well, thank you again, Carmen, and have a blessing. Thanks. Thank you. We're about to have my mentor on in just a few moments. Montel, can we go to Ja'Kayla Carr's song, Ja'Kayla Carr's song called I Believe God, and we'll be right back with author Joyce Ann Robinson.
fire. That was Jacqueline Carr with her new release called I Believe God. Thank you so much uh, for joining us tonight. You are listening to Piercing the Heavens with Lady Carmen, and I have a very, very special guest. She is my mentor. She is a mighty, mighty woman of God that God has used to just be such a strength and an example of a virtuous woman. And that person is none other than, and I'm going to call her a prophetess because that's who God has used her to be in my life. But she is also an author, and her name is Joyce Ann Robinson. Are you there, Joyce? Yes, I am, Carmen. <laughs> it's it good to hear honor. your voice tonight. Yes. Thank you. It is an honor to have you tonight. It's an honor to have you on here tonight. You have been a only thing I can say is you've been an example. You've been an example and I I think everybody should have a mentor. I think everybody should have spiritual parents because it really helps us in this journey called life. And, whew, you know, there, there's been a lot of moments where God has used you and I did listen, but there have been times that he used you and I didn't listen. And the times that I didn't listen, oh, my gosh. I was like, he was going to say that like a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I would just think, can you imagine some of the mistakes would not have been made had I just listened, but now I know better. And so I wanted you to come on tonight because as we prepare for the Alpha and Omega comedy show, and I feel like it's mostly because of prevail, to be honest, but it could be really a combination. I have been really dealing with a lot of unexplainable slash explainable, um, weird occurrences, and some of them have been similar things, but it's just been on another level, and as I was sharing Mm. with you some of those things, you mentioned something, and it was new level, new devil, but you continued to talk, not knowing that that word just was it. And it would be the theme for tonight, for this second half part of the show. I wanted to deal with this topic. Um, When I was sharing that with you and you made that statement, Hmm. how is it that you were able to identify with what I was going through with that statement? Well, um, since our connection, uh, which we now have – some years uh, in our relationship. And when you came into my life, you were already a mature uh, Christian, God-fearing woman and had seen God do quite a few exploits. And you were a young woman for me that he allowed me to come close to and watch. And I was always uh, amazed and in awe of how you you had this childlike uh, <laughs> response to what you believe 
when you would have your private time with the Lord uh, that he would ask you to do. And you would do it. I would see you go out on what I call a limb and to do some of the things. And I think one of the first things I do remember you told me he had told you to do was to go to Bachman Lake on a Saturday. Oh, yes. <laughs> and yeah. that was our first time meeting face-to-face. We mm-hmm. had been meeting. We met through my son, but it was yeah. over the phone. And mm-hmm. you would call me regular when God would give you something to say to me or to bless me. It was always in the form of a blessing. And I was amazed from the very beginning. And mm-hmm. uh, that day when I arrived there and I had some friends with me and they were uh, asking me, well, how are we going to, do you know or no? Have you ever seen her before? No. How are you going to know who she is? I said, God's going to show me. (laughs) And I remember when we drove on the parking lot, there were other cars and things there, but you stood out and you had on white. And it was like glistening. For me, Mm -hmm. how I could identify who you were. And so from that mm-hmm. point, and you had been walking around that park, and you mm-hmm. were giving out water to some that was homeless in there, but you were praying and mm-hmm. uh, bold about it in wow. the open. And so that was my first encounter with you. And then thereafter, I would just listen to what you were doing or when you were called to tell me what. Uh, and I saw the elevation, uh, wow. the progress in the spiritual things that God was calling you as a young woman. And mm-hmm. you, uh, it, it, like I said, you had this childlike faith. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know you were counting the cost, but it wasn't about the money because Mm -hmm. I know there were those times when the money, it wasn't wasn't there. But God Mm -hmm. said to do such and such. And so Mm -hmm. you would just start the motion. Mm -hmm. And the money would end up there. Yes. You were were moving – at a level that had expectancy wow, and praise and thanksgiving. And so, yes, I watched. And so I watched it increase, and I watched God increase in you what he wanted from you. Mm -hmm. Uh, His assignment became bigger. And then, like now, he has you in this entertainment arena and mm-hmm. some of the things that you come up against uh it's like David and Goliath. Wow. And so uh encounters. And I guess that's what prompted me that day when you were sharing uh some negatives that was happening, some attacks and so it mm-hmm. just came 
to me, well, new level, new devil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of times we don't think about this being warfare, some of the things that we do encounter. Everything is not, but sometimes, a lot of times, uh, when we're getting ready to go to a different level, God has it because he conquered Satan back at Calvary. But a lot of times, we as believers, we we don't think that... uh, uh, we 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 have these these types of encounters, or uh, that the enemy is still alive, <laughs> well, but he is the his uh, he he doesn't like our Lord. Mm-hmm. That so he doesn't want us to benefit from anything exactly. that the Lord is wanting us to do. So. From the years that the Lord brought us together. Wow. And that, I guess, uh, Ephesians 6, that's the other thing. Ephesians 6, uh, yes. verses 10 through uh, 18, I believe. And it, that, that scripture, Paul is speaking about the whole armor of God that we yes. are to have on daily, but he also points out those levels of evilness that we encounter, and uh, we encounter on a a regular basis, and that is the principalities and the powers and the rulers, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavens, and so he's already shown us those levels that through the word and we can even look at other stories in the Bible that uh, in the OT Old Testament in Daniel I believe it's about the 10th in the 10th chapter where Daniel had been praying and uh, praying for the people seeking God for information and the prayer was heard when he initiated it. And he ended mm-hmm. up sending, which a lot of the uh, theologians say they believe it was Gabriel that ended up mm-hmm. coming to see Daniel. And he told him, God heard you the first day. My God. I was held up in the heavenlies 21 days against the prince of Persia, and he said, and Michael had to come and help. So we see that there was an intervention of another level of spiritual warfare that was happening at that time, even with Daniel. And what Daniel, we already have read prior to, he had already accomplished quite a bit, and he was in a, a foreign country. They had been taken captive, but he had found yeah. favor in that land, you know, because of his yeah. surrender under the mighty hand of God that they kept to what God was calling them to. 
that obedience, that anointing that was already there. And so, yes, that's what I have seen. And I feel that that's part of why God has us in each other's lives. And when you call, I am to listen. And, yes, sometimes, you know, I have to say some <laughs> things that's not always deceptive, but uh, mm-hmm. most of the time God just tells me to listen and mm-hmm. pray. And mm-hmm. there are times he tells me, so sometimes some of the stuff he has you to do, I shiver. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, what? And you always sound so excited about it. But God will stay my hand, and he'll tell wow. me, don't you touch it. Wow. Don't you say nothing. Don't put your mouth on it. And when he's telling me that, I see him. I see my hand drawn back like I might wow. be walk, trying to reach and it's held to my body. Mm-hmm. Don't touch wow. that. Don't touch that joint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's what and I'm, I'm excited that we learn as we're moving and I feel that you are learning. As you I know, am. That, that you're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Mm. If we can continue uh-huh. to get that, and that's what sometimes trips us up. Mm-hmm. But we're not, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. And he tells us who who it is in that. Mm-hmm. And then he's given us what our weaponry is. And if mm-hmm. we stand girded up in the armor of God, all we have to do is keep going forward. Thank you, God. Moving forward. It's like that mm-hmm. uh, old song, I think it's that they sing in the body of Christ, Onward Christian Soldiers. Wow. Marching as to war. It's like we know we're in a war, but we know mm-hmm. that the war has been won. It's won. The battle has been won. Scripture tells Mm -hmm. us the battle is not ours. It is the Lord. Yes, Lord. So what does he say? Present yourself. My God. That's what I have seen. As a living sacrifice. Yes, Lord. Yes. Holy Mm -hmm. and acceptable. Yes. That's what. On a regular basis. And when we do that, we do that with the expectancy of looking unto the author and the finisher of our faith. My God. And knowing that he that has begun this good work. A good work, my God. A, yes. It is he that will continue until the day of Jesus Christ. My God. New level, new devil. My God, you just—I think you just. But they are—they may them. not <laughs> overpower you. Huh? I said, I think you just missed all of us tonight. <laughs> no, and I received that they will not overpower me or anybody else that is listening. I just wow. Can before we go, 
you have a book that you wrote, and I do want to give a shout-out to your spiritual daughter, your baby. Um, I'm going to call her Prophetess Sylvia Donovan. She published her book, and her publishing company is called Chocolate Diamond Publishing. I was like, that's a powerful name. And she published the book for you. And what is the name of that book? Now, I know the name of it, but I want the listeners to know the name of the book. The name of the book is All I Need is Air to Breathe. All I Need is Air to Breathe. And what what was the inspiration behind you writing that book? Uh, that it came from uh, a time that my uh, breathing capacity was attacked. Wow. And it was, a, I saw it as an attack from the demonic kingdom because at that time, um, my husband had a business and uh, that uh, servants, patients, that were at home and the corner of the business at the time was uh, oxygen machines, oxygen concentrator, oxygen tank. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I was hit with a diagnosis that could have sent me that my prognosis was to be on one of those concentrators and I would have the use of an oxygen tank. And um, when that was read and explained to me, I had a Holy Ghost anger. That's the way I describe it, that this anger just boiled up in me that I called out that the devil is a lie. He will not put me on this equipment. This will not Mm-hmm. Be mine, and so yes, it was a process that and it talks. The book talks about some of the process that I went through. God overcame that. <laughs> Jehovah yes. Rapha manifest. All right, all right. Healer. Yes, He did mm-hmm. manifest, and so the book has other entities that deal with faith building because mm-hmm. it's line up online precepts upon precepts. Yes, it is. Your faith is, it grows. You know, God gave us a measure of faith. And it's up to us to bring that increase by using that. How do we do that? By reading his word, meditating, and allowing his word to just overcome us, hover over us. Thank you, God. Uh, Hide that word in your heart and then allow that word. Once you have studied it and it's hidden it in your heart, let that word become a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that... um, What's my inspiration for that book? Well, I'm just going to tell you now. I know we gave away several copies uh, when the book first came out. 
we had you and Prophetess Sylvia on. But this time what we want to do when we get ready to do Prevail, which is a citywide prayer meeting that's going to be taking place in Dallas, Texas, on March 4th from 4 to 5.30 p.m. Central, we're going to give away a copy of your book at Prevail. We're going to give away a copy of your book at Prevail. And before I let you go, I know I went over my Mm -hmm. my 10 minutes with you, but I just got to say this. You have ties to an HBCU, right? Uh, yes, I, I have uh, my daughters are graduates of HBCUs, yes. And which school is that? Uh, our first child, uh, Florida A&M, and the second one, Xavier in New Orleans. Wow, wow. Mm-hmm. I never knew about the Xavier one. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Wow, well, is... I know you. <laughs> I know you love that Sam you know. <laughs> I'm sure you love yeah. Xavier too. I think you love that fan you a little bit more. <laughs> well, I guess we we haven't had an opportunity. That's because you hadn't brought it up. Because I'm not bringing. I, I know you don't bring it up. I normally follow what you say. But you yeah. had, had you haven't been to New Orleans, you haven't mentioned much about New Orleans, Louisiana. Yeah. So well, I've been I've been still, down there you still, a few I times. Know, I know you've been there. But yeah. <laughs> you still have to go there. Yeah. Yes, that is going to be <laughs> in one of the schools that hopefully we get a chance to get back to as well as Sam U. Um, and so mm-hmm. when. I don't want to look. I don't want to take up any more of your beloved time. I know you okay. and your husband of over how many years? Five. Fifty-five years. Fifty-five years. And y'all mm-hmm. still go out on go out on dates. I'm like, you're inspiration. <laughs> you're inspiration. One day we're gonna to have to do a show around hearing God concerning your mate because you have an impeccable testimony about that and the the test. The the time has tested that prophecy, and it truly came from the Lord because you married to him. And so, <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on with us tonight, and I'm going to be seeing you me. soon. Yes, ma'am. Okay. The Lord has yes. a perfect timing for everything, and I love you so very much. Thank you so much for letting God use you. Well, thank you. Thank you, Carmen. And God bless you and all your events and what what he has you doing. And most of all, I thank God for your surrender. For your surrender. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Have a blessed night and blessed weekend. Thank you. All right. That was my mentor. Oh, my God. Go and get her book. It's on Amazon, or you can log on to chocoladiamondpublishing.com. I'm not sure, but just type in, all I need is air to breathe, Joyce Ann Robinson. The, her publisher is her spiritual daughter, um, Sylvia Donovan, Prophet Sylvia Donovan, Chocolate Diamond Publishing. All right? Go out and get the book and be a blessing to her. We're going to go to another song before we bring on actress and chaplain. Miss Montel, can you please go to Lion of Judah? by Shayna Wilson, and we'll be right back with actress and chaplain.
Welcome back to Piercing the Heavens with Lady Carmen. That was Shayna Wilson with Lion of Judah. I hope you all have been enjoying the show on tonight. I am just being so, so blessed. And we know you're about to be blessed by our next and final guest for the night. She is no stranger to the show. Her name is actress and elder Ann Kaplan. Are you there, Ann? I am here. Good evening, uh, Lady Carmen. Good evening. We're so glad to have you on with us again on tonight. Is You know, first of all, I know it is so much that is going on, and it, it's really, God, that you're on with us tonight. And so I just want to kind of let you lead in the flow from some of the conversations that we've had on tonight. Um, is there anything on your heart before we get started with the movie? Uh, actually, no, I'm ready to get on into it. Let's, let's rock and roll. Well, all right. So there is a movie that I did have the pleasure of seeing, and it is called Blind Confessions. And you are one of the leads in this particular film. What, who, who is the director of this film? Well, thank you. I'm glad that you asked that. Certainly want to give a shout out to the Michael Green. Uh, he is a writer, a brilliant writer and producer of film, has been in the industry quite a good while uh, now and doing some wonderful things in our city here in Dallas, which is phenomenal. So uh, this guy, uh, yeah, I just want to shout out to Michael. Uh, man, you're, you're the bomb.com, for real, for real. And uh, thank you, Lady Carmen, for uh, taking the time to even celebrate uh, me. I appreciate that uh, so very much. Sometimes uh, when you're getting these doors that open, uh, you know, as you were interviewing a young woman right before I came on talking about uh, uh, new levels bring new devils. Yes. (laughs) Certainly these doors that have been coming open uh, for me, I've had an opportunity to work with Michael on uh, several projects, but this this movie, Blind Confession, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, when you first go into it, uh, you you think, oh, my God, you know, it's kind of a gangster lean and, and yeah. all of those things, but I did want to share it with someone that the Lord had really spoke with Michael, and he was doing this film, and uh, the Lord had spoke to him and told him he needed to keep it clean. And that meant no language. There was no language in this film at all. No language in this film at all. And and he said, Lord, how do I do that when it's a gangster? It's about drugs. It's about killing. It's about everything. (laughs) He said, but but at the end of the thing is where the message will come. So uh, thank you again. I appreciate the support. And I know Michael does too. Well, please let him know that I enjoyed the movie, and he did an excellent, excellent job. And he did an excellent job as an actor as well. He played Absolutely. that part very well. Yeah, Absolutely. He, I, great... I was real honored <laughs> to be his mom in this film. Yeah. You know, uh, I thought, oh, man, he's a writer. He's, you know, he's <laughs> he got to do a little directing in it. And, you know, yeah. he's just multitask, kind of like Tyler Perry. He's just all over the place. You're going to see him in it and behind the camera and uh, everything else. But it was such a joy uh, to play the role of his mom. And, and if you can give me a second, you know, what's so phenomenal about this whole thing and how yes. I even got the role 
uh, yes. in this film. Uh, I can remember auditioning for this role, and I really wanted it was a faith-based film, and I had always uh, wanted to be in a faith-based, especially a feature. I've been in a lot of shorts, but this was going to be a feature film, and I was like, oh, man, I really want to be in it, and went yes. to audition for the film, and when it got down to the announcing the cast, it was between two women, myself and uh, another uh, lady, and she got the part. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, you know, I called her, I congratulated with her, I'd done some projects before with her, so I knew her, and I knew mm-hmm. she was a great actress, you know, so I didn't have any qualms about that. I was just sad for myself. And, yes. uh, you know, God brought that thing uh, full circle, uh, Lady Carmen, uh-huh. uh I did mm-hmm. that audition like September, October of that year, and uh, I got a call uh, in April of the following year from the director, wow. Michael Green. And wow. uh, he had done a little short film um, right before he uh, was going to be filming Blind Confession. And, uh, and the name of the movie was Through His Grace. And he called me, uh, like, I guess it was probably like the end of October, and he said, listen, uh, I know you came out to audition for Blind Confession, you know, um, but I wanted to call you back uh, and just ask you if you'd like to be a part of this short film that I'm going to be doing. And you know what I said? I said, I'd love to. And because of that, he found nothing in me as it related to uh, being upset about not being cast Mm -hmm. in the feature. And I came to be an extra in that short film. The very next year, I don't know what happened. I didn't ask, but he called Mm -hmm. me and he said, hey, uh, I'm calling you to see if you still want to be a part of Blind Confession. And I was kind of slow to speak. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, I said, yes. He says, well, I'm calling to see if you'd like to uh, be cast in the role that you auditioned for. And silence. I just silent. I was like, oh, my God, what happened? All that was running through my mind. And you know how Mm -hmm. that could be really slow, seemed like. But I came back and I said, I would love to. He says, the only thing is we Mm -hmm. shoot in two weeks. Wow. Okay, so you saw the film. You saw how mm-hmm. much dialogue I had. Yes. I had two yeah, weeks mm-hmm. to learn that script. That's amazing. To be ready to shoot That's in two amazing. weeks. That's it was amazing. God. It was. It was. It was God. Was, I give Him God. all glory. It was all God. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I just God. had to had to give you some uh, backstory on how I was cast in that film. Wow. Well, you did an excellent job, and there was great chemistry between you um, and him playing the role as your son, but you had great chemistry with everyone. The chemistry, really, whoever did the casting, I don't know if it was Mr. Green, but he did an excellent job. The casting, everything about the casting was on point. It was on point. Well, it was it was several uh, people that were in the audition room, and... Uh, Michael, unfortunately, got sick and was rushed to the emergency room. So it was four people left in that room to see the rest of the auditions in that room. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, (laughs) 
I, I think they did a very good job. Uh, half of the people I had not even ever met before at all. And mm-hmm. we didn't meet each other till we got to set. And wow. I, it was a little hard, but a few people commented on that and said, oh, man, y'all rehearsed. I said, oh, no, there was no rehearsals. I <laughs> I came in at the end of a thing, two weeks before shooting. Wow. So I didn't get that to rehearse amazing. with anyone. It was time for the show. Wow. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it was time to show said. up, get to work. What you just said, it reminds me of the opening script, um, Isaiah 54, I'm sorry, Isaiah 55, 10 and 11, about how God is telling us through the prophet Isaiah that he will not allow his word to return back void, but it's going to accomplish. And so even though you didn't get it initially, you ended up getting it in the end. So whatever God has spoken over you, he brought it to pass according to the timing of the Lord. And so that's just so inspirational. It just says that when you were offered the role that maybe wasn't the grandest, you humbled yourself and you were meek about it. And you said, sure, I'll do it. And your spirit of humility, I believe, is why God allowed you to get the next role and why he's continuing to allow you to get roles, but you didn't give up. You didn't give up. And that's the thing. That is, it takes a lot to continue to follow your dream. And I know, was there ever a time that you wanted to give up? Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. It's, uh, you know, I, oh, my goodness, you you hit a, a delicate place uh, there, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um uh, mm-hmm. Uh, what what I found here that I really wanted to share with that is just amazing how, you know, God orders our steps. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I know someone that's listening probably has been in that place where they almost gave up. Okay. Yes. They were right at the edge of a breakthrough that they didn't see. Mm-hmm. That's what the song is. All right. All right. Right at the edge. And I think God tries us in places of disappointment and loss to see how mm-hmm. we handle it. Mm-hmm. He's not always going to just give us things um, without knowing how we're going to handle it. So he gives us these little mini tests mm-hmm. to see how we <laughs> deal with that. I could have came back and you know, wasn't cast in the film and I wanted the part and then I get mm-hmm. call me, uh, would you like, oh, no, I don't want to be in that. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> I was like, God, this is you. Uh, and for him to come full circle, yeah. <laughs> you see, he knows the desires of our heart. And when mm-hmm. our desires line up with his, you know, it's even better. But he just wanted to know, how could I handle no? How how, how are you going to handle no? So God. if you can handle no, then I know uh, when I when I give you yes, it's going to be good. It's going to be, you're going to be grateful. You're going to be appreciative. You're going to. But all of that, you're going to honor me, all of that. But I need to see you, how you handle no. My God. That's and and that's, before that's you say like that, a, I, I looked at a scripture. Oh, listen, <laughs> I looked at a scripture, Exodus 14 and 14. And mm-hmm. it says, uh, in verse 14, it says, the Lord will fight for you. 
My God. And, and this is this is the deal right here. And you have only to be silent. You know what? Just shut your mouth. I'm done. Don't bring me no bad news. <laughs> and I'm oh like, God, care. <laughs> yes, ma'am. He says the Lord Himself will my fight God. for you. Just stay my calm. God, Just stay Jesus. calm. My God. I heard it God. when it said no. I heard it. Mm. Then you God. just humble yourself. Mm-hmm. And let mm-hmm. me see how you're going to deal with this no. What? <laughs> you know, this is, what kind of word is this? Is this when they say it's a rammer word? <laughs> a right now word? This is, my God. One of the guys, yeah. you over here dropping it. You are dropping a direct word from the Lord. Because this word is like, this is my word right now. This is my word right now, my God. And you know, um, when you talk about how God will test you and see how you handle uh, when things go in the opposite direction, and it it reminded me of sometimes, you know, even though we do conferences, we do events and different things, I've dealt with so many different types of ministers and ministries and different types of people And some of the sweetest are actually some of the ones that are very well-known and some of the ones that are difficult are the ones who are less. It's almost like, you know, you acting like a diva. What in the real world is going on? But you know what? I I recently was going through something, and it was some doors that God has been opened. And one thing you can attest to is I do seek out wise counsel. Um, I've sought you out for wise counsel, and every time, every time, everything you tell me to do, it always, it's like life-saving wisdom that God gives you, you and my mentor. It's not a whole lot of people I reach out to, but if you ever see my name or if I send you a message and I reach out to you and I say I need counsel, trust me, I've, I've already tried it or humbled myself or whatever I needed to do to get to you. And so, but Mm. recently I did that with someone that I've been knowing a long time and they didn't say anything back. And, and, and I know their schedule was busy. So I was like, well, maybe they just busy. And then I saw something online and it was like cracking jokes and they were cracking jokes. And I was, I I felt some type of way. And the only reason why I'm saying this is because of the end part. What God put in my heart to do is still love and still support them. Don't expose, don't say nothing, because sometimes it is a test. You get what I'm saying? Sometimes it is a test. And God wants to see what kind of spirit are you going to have if this happens, if this person ignores you, if this person never says another word to you, whatever the case may be. How are you going to respond? Because we're not required just to love people that love us. We're required to (laughs) love people who ignore us. Look, the scripture talks about when something seems useless. When somebody looks at you and feels like you are useless, God is still still expecting you to love that person. Lord have mercy. Did I I just say that? Yes, I did. That is my life. (laughs) That's my life right there. Because... You would not believe some of the stuff that I have went through. And I know you you have your own share. But what I will tell you 
is I just thank God for the Holy Spirit. He is yes. the greatest inspiration in my life. If I didn't have God in my life, I would not be breathing. Yes. I would not have yes. any hope for a tomorrow, let alone a, the next second, um, you know, with all of the different things that I have gone through. And I'm not one of those people that just get out and just dish every little detail of my life. I'm just not like that. Um, when, yes. when I see things that are being done to me, I'm not going to say nothing back. Because God has just taught me, you have to keep your mind set on the higher things, which is God, and the assignment that God has for you. And I just want to encourage somebody right here. You know, don't get stuck on stupid. Don't get stuck (laughs) on what somebody else is doing, whether they include you or not include you. You don't always know the details. You don't always know what's going on behind the scenes. That's right. You know, um, sometimes you can see something and just have a perception, but that doesn't mean that that is a description of everything that's going on behind the scenes. And so um, I I ended up getting a text message right while I was interviewing Barry Brewer, and um, I thought to myself, is somebody listening? Are they listening to my interview right now? Did I say something to make them, you know, it was, it really challenged me for a minute. And I just was like, I, it really, I was like, I'm in a, I'm doing an interview right now with actor Barry Brewer. And I get a text message about something. And so instead of me texting back, I waited for the interview to be over and I called back and everything. And I said what I could say, but I was like, maybe sometimes when people look at you, I don't know, maybe it looks like certain things are happening that are that are not happening. I don't know. But all I can say is I think whatever I, whatever it looks like to y'all, praise the Lord. If if I look like I'm a multimillionaire right now, praise the Lord. I'm on my way, though. I'm on my way. And so but it's been a lot of lessons um, that I've learned that I'm going to continue to learn. You know, um, there are decisions that I made that I wish I didn't make, you know, but all I can tell you is no matter what happens in our life, God is always, he is always there with us. He is Absolutely. always there. Absolutely. And, you know, that, that brings us to the theme, Prevail, the citywide prayer meeting that's going to be in downtown Dallas. Um, there is something that God began to do in my life uh, many years ago. And what that is, and it's similar to my covering, Bishop Thomas Dexter Jakes, the Potter's House. You know, right now, since I'm in Colorado, I just recently rejoined as an e-member. And I'm just going to, I really believe that your prayers is one reason why I was even able to hear God on that. And I, I can't say it no plainer than how I just said it. So thank, I thank God for you, for your obedience, and for your wise counsel. And so, um but one of the things that I would notice that he would do, he would always extend the stage for other people to shine. And he would say yeah. this thing, don't try to shine when the light is not on you. And so yeah. I thought that the light was on you. And so I think some people get stuck because they feel like if if they are doing a conference or something, that they always got to be the keynote speaker. They always got to be this. They always. And that's not how God deals with me. I don't even have no. to be, I don't have to get up and say nothing because I try to do, I try to coordinate 
according to what God gives me. And it doesn't even have to be somebody I personally know. If God says I want you to go and get blah, 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 I don't have to know that person. But I guarantee you that person is anointed, and I guarantee you God's hand is on that person's life. And so that's how I function. I hear what God is saying, and I was telling someone that it is rare that if I do a conference that God even lets me speak. And it's not because I don't have a word, because trust me, he be giving me a word. A lot of stuff he give me, people is preaching it in pulpits right now. But I just, there are things about me that God has been killing and I don't have to have the accolades and all of those types of things. I'm cool with just delegating and doing what he say, and I could just sit back. You know what I'm saying? It's not that I don't want to do the work, but I believe in only doing what he's assigned you to do. And what he put on my heart was to give that platform to you at Black Academy of Arts and Letters and to allow you to be the host of Prevail. And it's not because we've done things together or because you asked me. It has nothing to do with that. It's because the Lord placed that on my heart to give that platform to you. And so, and you accept it. And so, but this particular event, Prevail, what has, what does Prevail mean to you? And give me an example of a time where God blessed you to just prevail to overcome a situation and you came out on top. Now I know with the movie is one thing, but just give us one example. Um, it's it's been so many. Uh I'll talk about this one because uh this one was painful as well. Uh, I attended Oral Roberts University to go for my bachelor's of uh, science in nursing and finished, praise God, uh, completed that degree uh, there. And, of course, that's where I studied Bible, too. And at the end of the thing, it was time to set for my boards. And uh, I was <laughs> had graduated, took my boards, and did not pass my boards. And I remember sitting down on the step at the mailbox uh, praying and uh, crying and praying and screaming and crying. And uh, the Lord took me through uh, a little time there. He wasn't ready to give it to me just yet. Uh, for whatever reason, I had to be, spe- be still and just know that he was God. And uh, I found myself in a place where I was totally dependent on him. Uh, I was homeless, school was over, so housing was over. I was looking to pass my boys, go right to work. None of that happened like I thought, and I was living out of my car. So that was what I was doing. But all Mm -hmm. that time while I was there, it was me and God, just me and God, just me and God. And uh, at the end uh, of uh, that next year after he, I'm telling you, he kept me back a year in his wow. presence before he allowed anything to happen. But I watched him take care of me. I watched him open little doors for me to test me and try me. Where When mm-hmm. I thought I was not going to win, when I thought I was not going to prevail over being mm-hmm. homeless, over not my passing God. my boards, all, my all of this stuff, all of a sudden when he was ready, when it pleased God, he said, My God, that's when please. he came forth. That's when I knew that I had not only prevailed over those things, but I had prevailed over my enemies. And I guarantee that if these people would take the time out, 
to come before God and lay out before God on March 4th between the hours of 4 and 5. They're going to watch God, and they're going to prevail over every situation that has come up against them. COVID, losing loved ones, whatever the situation, money running low, the jobs are gone, uh, can't feed your family right, whatever the situation, marriages, God's going to show up and restore the years that the canker worm and the palmer worm and the locust tried to eat up from you. I'm telling you, if you will just make your way to the Academy of Arts and Letters, you will find God there, and you will prevail. My God, that is perfect timing, woman of God. Thank you so much for coming on with us. We're about to close out the show. Montel, can you please play Press in Your Presence by Shana Wilson? That is just the perfect word to lead up to that song. I love you, actress Ann. I love you back. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, we're going to go ahead and play the song now, Montel, Press in Your Presence by Shana Wilson. Thank you. Have a blessed night, everyone. Anybody want to press a little further? Anybody want to press a little further? Somebody lift your voices to the Lord. Tell them, God, I want to press a little further. Press in your presence. Where they are. I will be whole. 